Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibu First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. This week, we celebrate with Mi'kmaq people in Halifax. Finally, the city is removing from its place of prominence the statue of Governor Edward Cornwallis, who introduced a bounty for the scalps of Mi'kmaq warriors fighting the theft of their land by the English invaders. We'll speak with Elder Daniel Paul, the historian who deserves a lot of the credit for this historic day in Nova Scotia. But first, news on the home front, and there's lots of it. Friends of Halibu have begun the litigation process aimed at overturning the supplemental agreement and obtaining an injunction to stop the enrollment process. Meanwhile, the Mi'kmaq First Nations Assembly of Newfoundland has also launched a new court action, also on behalf of the people losing their cards. They're funding that legal action in part through a $10,000 donation from an anonymous donor. The assembly will be in federal court in Toronto in a couple of weeks on February 20th on their first application. And four days after that, there will be a demonstration on Parliament Hill meant to draw national attention to the Halibu enrollment story. Lead organizer is Jim Duhart, who grew up in Cornerbrook, but has lived most of his life in Ontario. He's one of the more than 10,000 people losing a status card. Jim Duhart says that one of the people taking part will be Halibu Chief Brendan Mitchell. And Duhart says he hopes there'll be a strong showing from Halibu members and applicants in the Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal areas. I spoke with Jim Duhart a few days ago and asked him what inspired him to take the initiative to organize such a high-profile event. We had absolutely, Glenn, growing up, no history at all of our uh, Mi'kmaq ancestry. Absolutely nothing. And, of course, later on, uh, then the, the, the uh, different discussions came about, about, uh, heck, there's an awful lot of ancestry in the province and originating from Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and that kind of stuff. And then I started to explore it and uh, went to the FNI out in port of port and was denied by simply because I didn't reside in Newfoundland. And then uh, from there, then uh, through the process, I became a founding member in 2009 or so, or 2012, I got my status card. And uh, one of the proudest moments of your life, of course, right? Uh, suddenly you got this card. Suddenly you got who you are. That, that's, that's who you are. And so for me, that was really, really important. And uh, so between then and, and now, of course, uh, very, very good times. And then all of a sudden in 2013, uh, the the ball game changed, and then for us that don't reside on the island or or didn't live in the 67 one of the 67 communities, at least that was the thrust of it initially. Uh, then uh, basically it uh, it weeded us out, and uh, 10,512 I think is the number that's uh, eventually will lose our status through the next uh, government review. I thought that uh, you know the time has come to take the challenge up to the hill. I live in Brockville, Ontario, which is roughly an hour and 15 minutes south of the city. And uh, this past summer when I was home, I, I met with uh, Chief Mitchell. I know him. He and I have a relationship from the past. So I met with him on two separate occasions, and uh, I knew the challenges that he was up against. I had spoken to Elder Dr. Calvin White. I spoke to him. 
uh, about the process. So I took that opportunity and I spoke to Liz Lasaga, but not really lots of time regarding the enrollment, but more my affiliation with the Flat Bay Band. I felt that uh, when Chief Mitchell said that he was up against the wall, you either back off and walk away from the wall or you go over it. And that was my emphasis at that time was, okay, let's think about it. Let's go over the wall. And that's what this march or demonstration, which whatever you want to label it as, that's how it all started, Glenn. And uh, we're ready. Uh, I've never done this before. This is completely new. I'm 67 years old. never thought I'd do something like this, but it's critical uh, that uh, we do it because there are, it's a, the whole process it just is a mess. It just doesn't sound right. And it's time that we take the march to the hill. I see uh, the chief uh, Chief Mitchell is going to be there. Are you working with the with the Halibut Band to organize the protest, or is this something you're doing on your own? It's critical that our success will only depend on numbers and the right personnel. And so, uh, prior to getting the permits to uh, demonstrate, I did call up the chief and I asked him for his initial thoughts. Would he accompany me to the hill? And without hesitation. I will be there. I guess as these things usually go, there will be speeches and uh, there will be a march. And uh, do you know yet who uh, who else besides the chief would be on the program? I reached out to a few people that I, that I know uh, within the founding members list. And uh, I will be talking to Elder White as well in terms of uh, getting his spiritual guidance and that sort of stuff. And I'll be doing that, and I've got a list of a couple of people that I need to speak to here, people that are familiar with drumming, people that are familiar with with, with their Mi'kmaq songs and that sort of stuff. And all of that goes a long way in getting our message out there. And we need good speakers. Obviously, I'm trying to uh, recruit uh, the uh, CTV here in, in Ottawa. I'll be approaching them on Monday. All of this happened uh, just yesterday simply because I had to wait to the permits before I could release any information. So yes. without those permits, I, w- I was my hands were tied. But anyway, we're, we're, ready, we're ready to go, and uh, we're just trying to line up names here, and we can get them committed to it, and then uh, take our cause to the hill. I mean, I'm looking forward to it, Glenn. And what can people uh, who are listening do to help? Well, um, first of all, I, I, I've been in touch with NTV, and uh, anyway, I've sent them off some information, and I'm hoping that uh, we can get some airtime from uh, from them. Uh, Don Bradley is a very good resource in our area, as you know. But in terms of the people, um, it's very difficult when you're, uh, you know, a 25-hour drive from anywhere uh, in western Newfoundland to here, and it's it's expensive to fly. I know all of that. And and it's nice to get, say, great, you're going and that sort of stuff. But would it be nice if, if cousins that are in the Ottawa area, Toronto area, Toronto is only a three-and-a-half-hour drive from, or four-and-a-half-hour drive from uh, Ottawa to Toronto. Uh, Montreal area, there are a lot of Newfoundlanders and Labradorians in, in that area. If, if they would come out and support, and this thing is only going to be as good as the numbers that we can we can garner to get out there, and that's and that's what I'm trying to do through social media and trying to get people to spread the word. Uh, I've done the route with the with the uh, the MPs. I've done all of that. I've written to the Prime Minister, and as you know, Glenn, uh, I I, were, I was a public servant for 35 years, and I'm quite familiar with the process. So you send something to him, he gets he gets intercepted along the way, and then somebody else writes it, and you get a response back. Yes. And that's what happened when I wrote to him. I wrote to Dr. Uh, Bennett with INAC. I've done that. And I, our local MPs, who was a conservative member at the time, and who was responsible for Bill C-25, Goody Hutchings, 
uh, your uh, Long Range Mountain MP in mm-hmm. Newfoundland. I'm going to be approaching her to see whether or not she will join us. And it's time that we take the march to the hill. It's Saturday, February the 24th, starting at 945 and will end roughly around 12.30, and I, I, or 1.30, and I, I give those times simply because you have to have an agreement with the City of Ottawa and the Security of Parliament Hill that you have a designated time in yes. which to march. According to the history books, Edward Cornwallis established the city of Halifax. But to do so, he had to fight a brutal war with the Mi'kmaq people who occupied the land when he showed up in 1749. Cornwallis offered a bounty to take prisoner or scalp Mi'kmaq fighters and for Mi'kmaq women and children to be taken prisoners, not the kind of person to be honored with a statue and pedestal. On January 31st, Halifax Council finally, after years of dithering, bowed to the will of Mi'kmaq people and supporters and carted off the statue. Right up to the eve of the removal of the statue, Halifax Council was talking about the need for more study. Even when Mi'kmaq representatives on the committee dealing with the matter resigned in frustration, it wasn't clear what was going to happen. But then, Council finally voted to remove the statue and Cornwallis was finally carted off to storage. For decades, Elder Daniel Paul has been writing and talking about the need to ditch Cornwallis. Elder Paul is the author of We Were Not the Savages, a history of the Mi'kmaq people and colonialism. The the history is clear that Cornwallis did what he did, but Halifax Council found it difficult to come to grips uh, with that, uh, why do you think that was? Lack of education, knowledge among the general public about uh, the history of Cornwallis. Uh, uh, Anglo jurisdictions throughout the world, not only here, but in Australia and New Zealand. New Zealand, I guess, is the leader by by uh, <laughs> miles, has, uh, has for quite some time include, been very inclusive of their uh, Maori. Uh, population, uh, indigenous population, and uh, uh, teaches real history in their schools about uh, the people. So it's uh, here in Canada, in Nova Scotia in particular, there was no uh, real discussions about the history as it occurred uh, between our people and uh, the, the English invaders, to put it bluntly. Uh, until I came along in the late 1980s and began to dis- uh, talk about it. What do you think the view is of of the general public at Halifax and Nova Scotia about the about getting about removing the Cornwallis uh, statue? What do you think public opinion is? The younger population, I should say, are better educated, better informed, and far more uh, sympathetic and. Uh, so you got to, you know, uh, the older population, uh, I guess, lived under the thumb of what you would call systemic racist uh, theories and uh, stories from the past and uh, walked with them and believed them, yes. actually. And, and uh, so when you're re-educating uh, the population, it takes a long time. It's not something you can uh, do overnight. 
Well, Elder Paul, it's a, it's a, it's a good day for, for Mi'kmaq people and for Nova Scotia. So uh, thanks for your work uh, all these years, and it's good to see uh, it's good to see it come to fruition. We can we have something to celebrate. Yep, we do, and uh, in the future, and uh, hopefully more and more as time passes. Elder Daniel Paul. Once again, the date is Saturday, February 24th. Meetup point is 435 Albert Street in downtown Ottawa, in front of the Albert at Bay Suite Hotel. Look for further details on social media and on the Mi'kmaq Matters Facebook page. We need a strong showing in the nation's capital. Attend if at all possible. And that's it for the show. Thanks to Allison Baker for assistance here in the studio. Celebration time used with the permission of Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mi'kmaq Matters. Listen to Mi'kmaq Matters on SoundCloud or iTunes. Tune in on Bay of Islands Radio, Thursday at 6 p.m. And at Norris Point and Rocky Harbor, listen on the Voice of Bombay, Tuesday at 2 p.m. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.